Hello and welcome to Mega Ten Marathon. It's a game by game journey through the Shin Megami Tensei and Persona series. And this is kind of a uh, special mini episode that we are recording to uh, cover the uh, kind of surprise release of uh, Shin Megami Tensei Liberation DX2, <laughs> which is uh, kind of the first like proper mobile game to be released on iOS and Android. There was kind of like a weird like Persona 4 spinoff app called Teddy Vision that didn't really do anything. It was just kind of like one of those like kind of gimmicky promotional things. And then there's also technically SMT1 and SMT2 on iOS, but I'm not sure about Android, but only SMT1 is in English. So this is kind of the first like real like this is an SMT mobile game, but uh, yeah. Before I, we go too far into it, uh, who am I here with? Uh, so I'm Elisa James. Welcome back, Elisa. Thanks. Yeah. So Elisa, it's funny because when this first kind of like was announced, I just kind of rolled my eyes because I picked up other like kind of gotcha games on franchises I like, particularly Fire Emblem. Um, and I bounced off that really quick because I was like, I've got a backlog of Fire Emblem games to play. And this is just kind of like a really like stripped down version of Fire Emblem like gameplay with lots of like opportunities for me to spend money I don't want to spend on it. So I was kind of immediately uh, suspicious about this when it came out. Yeah, Elisa, you were like, I'm, you know, you were a little more excited. And so I kind of gave it another try. And uh, yeah, this is like a good, a pretty good SMT game. It is like it was funny because um, I really, really hate gotcha games. Like you said, you know, I've tried out a few like uh, Final Hero stuff like that, and it's just you know, you, you. I think the the most I ever played was like uh, Yu Gi Oh Duel Links, and then I kind of hit that like paywall where you have to really pour money in. I'm just like, okay, forget it. So when I first tried out Liberation, I kind of just heard people going, "Oh, this is like really fun." So I decided to try it out, download it, and I realized, like, it was actually pretty good. And not only that, but the uh, free-to-play parts are, like, the vast majority of the game. Like, mm-hmm. you have very little of that, um, of that you know, kind of paying aspect, like, taking over. It doesn't do that at all. You can, and that anyone will tell you, you can literally balance this game with just, like, all the free content that you get. So that's why I was a bit excited about it. And I'm, I'm glad that my excitement uh, got you back into it. And so now you've been having fun. It's like, wow, I'm actually enjoying a gotcha game. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Well, it's interesting. I was reading a uh, Kotaku piece before we started recording. Mm-hmm. From, uh, I'll just read it. Producer uh, Yamada Richiro, who's best known for his involvement in the Panzer Dragoon series. Mm-hmm. Um said in a recent interview with Destructoid that the pri- developer's priority was finding a way to balance free-to-play elements with the conventional kind of JRPG expected by SMT fans. And uh, he was quoted as saying, the key concept was to offer a console gameplay experience on smart far- smartphones. 
uh, he said. And then he followed that up with, uh, I personally think that a console game must be a piece of art. So that's kind of his, like, I guess has been his approach to it. Yeah, and you can you can really see that in it. You know, you do see, like, a surprising, like, love for the uh, franchise, which is funny because, you know, it's developed uh, by Sega and not directly by Atlas, although Atlas does the uh, the actual scenario writing overseeing, like, to make sure that the lore all checks out. But, yeah, just um, seeing other developers kind of tackle this, and they, they give it a lot of respect. And it's, like, fun, but it does have, like, that kind of, um, that, that depth and a little bit of the darkness of, you know, like, fully, but a bit of it from, you know, the main, the mainline uh, series. So I really appreciate how much effort they've really put into this title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I mean, this may change as you get further into the game, but I think that... Anybody could probably pick up the game and engage with it without oh, yeah. spending any money on it. Yeah. But I think that if you, like we are on this show, are well uh, kind of versed in all the mechanics and tropes and everything of SMT, it's like there's no reason why uh, I would spend any money in the near future or, you know, foreseeable future on it because, like, you know, if you know a little bit about how SMT games work, like you can break break this game's back really. Oh yeah. Intent <laughs> uh Ose, which apparently is a very broken demon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's 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 kind of it's kind of amazing. It's like, oh yeah, okay, I understand. Like, I mean somebody coming to it new wouldn't probably understand how all the uh elemental you know what the elemental thing pieces were and whatnot um it might be harder you know earlier on but uh yeah i mean i don't know how many days i've been playing this but i've pretty much gotten through the first two whole scenarios playing about 15 to 20 minutes a good day yeah me too and um yeah it's i'm and apparently there are other mechanics that are kind of new to SMT that aren't totally tied to the free-to-play stuff or uh, to uh, the paid stuff that I was I don't quite understand. But what 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 were you talking about before the call? Um. So yeah, some of the new mechanics that they added um was like the major one is the demon archetype. So. Each demon is separated into a different type, which is denoted by a color. So you have your um, the archetypes are common, origami, protector, psychic, and elementalist. Um, and basically those archetypes determine, because each demon has like one skill that they can awaken in, uh, in the pandemonia area of your hideout. And so the archetype determines basically what that skill is going to be. So a good example is elementalists, which are like the teal colored demons. Um, they'll usually have like no physical as their awakened skill. So mm. that, that's also kind of what contributes like to Ose being really broken. Because if you fuse a teal Ose, he'll have no physical 
and basically have no other weaknesses. And he's already really strong. So he'll just carry you through most of the game. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, the other thing is that only the common archetype can actually be fused in um, in, uh, the Church of False Gods. So, you know, you can't, no other archetypes can be uh, fused or anything. So that's kind of how that plays into it. I didn't actually realize at first that there was really a difference. Like, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, it's like different colors, whatever. And then it's like, no, there's actually a lot of depth here with this system. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to <laughs> look further into that and, like, kind of figure it out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So... It's it's really amazing seeing like the kind of stuff that people's put together for this game when I start looking into it, like all the information and everything. People really delved into it already. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane too that like this there was no I mean, this was just dropped like without any kind of like pre release hype or anything. Yeah. Like, as far as I know. So and clearly they put a lot of work into it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can see it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, there are different kind of like you know kind of ways to interact with the game. Um, there's kind of like sort of like areas. So you have a home base. Yeah. And the home base is just kind of like here are your demons. Like here are some notifications, whatnot. Then there's uh, the hideout. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is kind of your portal to uh, uh, your portal to uh, the summoning portal, which is one of those things that you, if you want to just straight up like summon demons, you're gonna have to spend some money probably. Yeah, but not really that important. Um, let's see. There's the uh, Church of False Gods, which is uh, kind of the fusion where you do uh, your demon fusion, pandemonium which sort of like lets you like enhance the power of your uh, demons and also it's kind of another way to summon demons through this awaken tool but uh yeah i have not been able to unlock the awaken tool yet so yeah i've mostly been able to use that to enhance the demons there's the uh liberators hq which is just kind of like an overview of all your different missions and uh yeah then there is the store where you can purchase stuff for lots of money (laughs) i know and i don't even know like what half of this stuff is yeah and it's just as people said it's just really not necessary like if you just want to make things a bit easier for yourself you know it's there but you really don't need it because especially now because the game just launched it's pretty generous with what it gives you and all the events that's going on we can get special items from anyway and then there's like a lot of little like special side missions you can do to get more drops it's yeah oh and um i want to talk a little bit about pandemonium so that's the area where you you know modify your demons so enhance is basically a way to uh uh, level up your demons and you can do that by uh essentially sacrificing other demons to give them experience to give the demon you chose an experience boost or there's also a special item too that can actually do the same thing 
uh, awaken. I was talking about that earlier. That deals with that one awakened skill that every demon has. So you have to get these special gems from these missions, and um, you have, you get a certain amount. And it tells you, you know, when you actually uh, highlight the demon of your choice, and you can actually awaken that special skill. You know, for instance, a TOO says uh, no physical. That's sort of thing. A transfer. Each demon also has one skill uh, called a transfer skill. It's a skill that they can transfer over to other demons. So that's what that's used for. Um, so evolve, I believe that one is, um, raising the level cap of your demon, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so, you know, let's say you have this demon that's great, but then it kind of hits the level cap wall and you're like, well, going to get out class soon. You can use evolve, you know, and, um, I think you would actually once again, sacrifice demons for it. And now you can raise the level cap and you can keep leveling this demon. Uh, Brands is kind of its own little mini thing. It's basically kind of like an accessories that you can equip to demons to modify their stats. And there's like brand sets that all that go together. And when you equip like about three or so or more of the same um, types onto a demon, it actually it actually gives the demon like an extra uh, a bonus on top of the bonuses they get from each of the individual um, equipment. So it's like funny, just that alone is like really deep that you can do a lot with your demons, you know? Totally, totally. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's so much in there. Um, oh, I did want to say one, one other thing about the store. Yeah. <laughs> um, just something that, uh is kind of uh kind of ridiculous is uh uh I could spend forty seven ninety nine on uh a special launch pack that includes items and an ultimate summon file. So forty seven ninety nine for quote unquote items. <laughs> that's a deal. I mean I don't know. I mean that's that's probably like the loot bo- most like loot boxy of all yeah, these, right? Definitely. Because the other ones that are cheaper kind of give you like you say precisely what they'll give you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like sixteen ninety nine will get you a thirty day boost pass, which is it increases your Maca Magnetite experience for thirty days. Three ninety nine will get you a total of two hundred and forty gems. I don't really feel need. Yeah, not at all. I haven't spent a dime on this game, and I and I don't plan on doing that now. Any you know anytime soon. Nope. No, nope, me neither. Um. So yeah, let's. What else is there? There's the uh, party party screen where you can uh, kind of choose your demons. Um. You do that in other screens, but you know. Whatever. There's a dedicated mm-hmm. one. Then there's also a dedicated uh, summoning screen. This actually, you can do some of the summoning with uh, with gems if you have enough yeah. of them. And I got some pretty good demons when I first messed around with yeah. it with the gems that I just collected. Free. I kind of like went through that a few times, and now it's like, you want to summon a demon, you need a hundred gems. <laughs> exactly. And then um. From what I've read, I think, like, the rate for, like, five-star demons, especially the really good ones, like, 
0.05%, something like that. So it's pretty low. <laughs> so, you know, you probably shouldn't rely on it, you know, uh, to actually get, like, try to get amazing demons. It's usually better to just stick with uh, fusing them and learning how to take advantage of the fusion, uh, fusion, fusion system. Yeah, totally. Totally. So, yeah. And then, okay. So you, then you kind of go into, like, what's the actual like, gameplay of it? Well, you access all those by, via the map. Mm-hmm. And the map has um, kind of the main story, which we'll probably get to in a minute here. But uh, it has some other kind of like um, event-based areas that you can go into. So there's the Oregate, which is the only one that I've, the only one other than the story, the primary story that I've spent much yeah. time in. And the Oregate is definitely, it's kind of like a first-person kind of throw back to like a first person smt dungeon crawler kind of vibe and you have like you know x number you know usually like an hour 48 minutes or something to get through as many levels as you can there's a occasional in the lower levels there's like just very rare um random encounters and i think in the lower levels basically you just have to get to the boss as you get to the higher ones, you get more and more random encounters, and the bosses yeah. get harder. But it's kind of cool that they've got they've like found a way to work in that kind of classic first person SMT dungeon crawler element into it. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I was actually pretty surprised about that uh, that they actually included that in here. Um, you also have uh, raid bosses, which are kind of like randomly peppered around the levels. And of course, as it said, as you know, as it uh, implies, it's like when you and other players kind of team on this boss and, um, you know, help to take it down and then you share its rewards if you catch it in time. Because one time I encountered a raid boss, but then it was already defeated, so I couldn't do anything with it. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. You also have a stamina meter that's measured in action points. And this uh, denotes how far you can travel, uh, basically, in this dungeon. And uh, once you went out of action points, you can't move any further. So usually a good idea to have some kind of stamina replenishing item if you plan on, like, really doing some serious grinding uh, in the Aurigate. Um And also, apparently, too, in, like, later levels, they actually include traps. So I was like, oh, man, that... That's pretty nasty. <laughs> I feel bad for yeah, <laughs> I feel is. bad for non uh Megatev players who are gonna suddenly fall into traps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh will be not great. Okay, so uh then you have uh Demon Buster, which are these special event kind of quests that you can go and get different brands. I have not spent much time in this. I don't know if you not have Lisa. Much, but yeah. Yeah, I don't really quite understand what the brands do. Yeah, that was what I was talking about earlier, that they're kind of like accessories that you equipped on your demons to, like, boost their stats. So they're pretty useful, like, if you need to boost their HP or their vitality or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, so that basically allows you to get those. Um, or you can also apparently... Uh, yeah, get items to gain new demons as well. Like, I think it's like um, 
those special like summoning ticket items and stuff like that. So, you know, so you can go to the summoning portal and then just get new demons that way as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. And then um, it's completely locked to, locked to me, and I have no idea what it is, but Hell's Park? Um, yeah, basically, I haven't really gotten a chance to try it out, but it's essentially kind of a special uh, event thing. It's made up of 50 stages, uh, each with a clear reward, like, you know, okay. And then the progress of your uh, clears are reset after a certain period of time, and then, you know... You can obtain the uh, rewards again. So it's like kind of like an extra like challenge sort of thing, because as you get further into Hell's Park, you like parking, you descend higher, higher levels. The clear uh, requirements are a lot harder. Like, for instance, um, you know, you'll have uh, demons that have a certain speed rating. So you have to have demons that, you know, are going to be faster than that. And then they'll have like certain... Um, resistances or nulls or like certain other special abilities that make things more challenging so it's like an extra like super kind of you know challenge dungeon for people who really like to get that challenge in and you get special you know items and stuff too like there's a there's actually a special gotcha in the hell park that you can uh participate in and use the currency you get from it so uh, it's actually, it sounds pretty cool. Um, and apparently the one other thing is that you can't use supports in this area, but you can have five members in your actual team, which gives you five press turns. So that's pretty cool. I'd like to try it out more when I can. Yeah, definitely. And then the final thing, which is also locked to me, is the uh, DX2 duel, but I think that's pretty, pretty self-explanatory. I think you just like, are able to battle against yeah the players exactly teams. the pvp center so yeah let's um i mean you kind of just jump into like a broad overview of what story yeah, sure. mode is so the way the story is kind of told it actually kind of reminds me a lot of kind of a devil survivor yeah. uh as far as the uh structure goes in the sense that like basically the story is completely told in interactions before and after battles. Yeah. And you're just choosing spots on a map. Uh, it's actually, I mean, I, you know, kind of mechanically, like, as far as, like, storytelling and whatnot, is very similar to Devil Survivor. Yeah, yeah, it is actually, except for the fact, you know, you don't get, like, locked out of certain events. Like, you don't have that time limit. It's just kind of more linear. And then, also, I'm going to go ahead and say it, the uh, artwork is better, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's actually worth noting the demon design in this game is yeah real it good. is the uh, actual 3d models are incredible i'm really surprised at how much detail went into them. i think it's a really i mean because that was the biggest problem that uh At atlas was having with was for a long time for getting their smt stuff over to hd hd consoles was that they just didn't yeah. have HD assets and they didn't have the resources. So I think, you know, with Persona 5, I think probably part of why it took so long to develop was because they had to create the, all those HD assets. And now they're working on SMT5 for the Switch and they've got this game. 
seems like they're finally finally there. They've got like something, you know, some HD aspect assets to work with for all all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, also worth mentioning too is that the uh, character design are done by uh, Tatsuro Iwamoto, who's the uh, character designer for Capcom's Ace Attorney series. So uh, that yeah, so that's why the yeah. artwork is honestly very solid because I've always loved his artwork and his designs like they have that really fun weirdness to it that you know you don't really see a lot and it's just it just it adds a lot i think to the character's personalities absolutely so uh yeah i'd say um so you're you know not surprising it's pretty common in SAP game start out in uh akihabara um the setting of the uh game is like uber contemporary Your smartphones are running summoning apps and there's a uh a vlogger who uh announces updates and it's kind of like part of your team and it's like all kind of like embarrassingly but kind of endearingly yeah. like out of touch <laughs> like their tradition <laughs> yeah yeah it's like clearly like they're trying to make this like as like of the moment as possible but uh, it's also just very, very hand-handed in a lot of ways. <laughs> it is. Uh, it kind of reminds me in a way of uh, Soul Hackers. How, like, you know, they, at the time, it was supposed to be very contemporary. And you're just kind of looking at it like, wow, this is like, this was dated when it was first released. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's see. Basically, kind of the first chapter of the game. And like. Uh, we're not going to go that far, I don't think. But uh, basically, people are being uh, kidnapped out of uh, Akihabara. The uh, Liberators uh, are basically trying to figure out why these people are being mm -hmm. abducted. Then you kind of go on to the uh, if you second uh, kind of story, roughly. You uh, move on over to... Where is it? Shinjuku. And uh, you find out that there's some new drug that everybody's addicted to that is making them go crazy and turn into evil demon types. Type, you know, and possessed. But uh, it's not a traditional drug. It's a VR drug. So it's like, yeah, so when you uh, go into the virtual reality, the drug is like, it's a kind of a digital one. So it sort of infests you that way. And then, you know, it kind of turns you into this sort of mindless zombie sort of thing. And then some people have been uh, killing themselves uh, as well. Like it kind of makes you violent. So you'll, you know, be violent towards others. And then some people are killing themselves because of the drug. And then on top of it, you have kind of this weird, like, plot with, um, uh, fake art being distributed. And then you kind of find out why those two things are connected to each other, like as they go along um, investigating. Yeah, totally. Totally. And uh, yeah, so we got, can kind of jump into the characters, right? So, you know, you've got your protagonist who you can choose to be male or female. Um, basically, the, basically, this is your player character. You're kind of roped into the devil downloaders conflict when the Liberator app appears on your uh, smartphone. And then uh, you come across Terra Fuse, who's also known as the Mega King. 
Megakin, and he is the uh, cheese dick <laughs> blogger dude that I was referring to earlier. He's also the yeah. leader of the Liberators. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he coordinates plans and information using the Megatube social <laughs> media platform. And then there's my favorite character so far, which is uh, Rika. Oh, Ryu Zozi. Okay. And yeah, she's a uh, member of the Liberators. She wears a violet high school uniform. Um, and yeah, is a gun enthusiast. <laughs> she uh, also she, she does it. She's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's pretty badass. Um, who else do we have? Okay, yeah. And then we have some other characters who yeah. only show up later on. Yeah, so there's uh, Zhang Sung, who is a uh, Chinese college student from Shanghai who uh, is studying supercomputers. He loves surfing and horror movies and becomes really excited when he's talking about the latter. I should be noting that I'm uh, kind of paraphrasing from yeah. uh, <laughs> some of these. He uh, initially joins the protagonist party upon completion of Chapter 2 with a level 5 Corneas that knows Bufla and Mazio. And uh, yeah, I like Shane. Yeah, me too. Like, I can't really think of any characters I don't like. Like, I really like all of them. They're just kind of fun and weird. <laughs> totally. And then there's uh, Shiori Takadono. Basically, you see her in the opening, and she'll come in later. Um, she's also known as Shioyan. She's an unpopular underground idol because her personality. Like, she's, uh, she's very intelligent, but she's also very uh, condescending and cocky. So because of that, she can't really get her career off the ground at all. <laughs> and uh, she ends up joining your party uh, later on. I don't actually remember what demon that she uh, comes in with. So whoopsies. <laughs> that is totally fine. I also don't want to give away too, you yeah, know, yeah, too many definitely. spoilers for people. You know, with the characters that show up with, yeah. within chapter one and yeah. two, probably safely. Maybe we should hold off, but maybe if we want to do another special episode later on, once we're further through the game, yeah, we, can, definitely. Uh, we can do that. Uh, so yeah, is there anything else uh, you want to add? Let's or? see. So, um, okay, I'll, I'll admit, uh, with uh, Megakin, I know he's kind of <laughs> like that weird kind of vlogger dude, but I kind of find him like surprisingly endearing because... I thought it was really adorable, like how he tries to keep his uh, streams very wholesome for his viewers. Like in chapter two, when you had the drug thing going on, he was making sure to, you know, tell people like, hey, stay away from drugs. Oh, wow, this isn't good. And it's, it's like nice that he's keeping people kind of informed of those dangers. So it's like that automatically makes it better than like 99% of like streamers. <laughs> Yeah, totally. It, I mean, yeah, he's he's kind of a cheese dick, but uh, yeah, exactly. He's, he's, not he's like actually Paul. responsible. <laughs> so I mean, it almost would make uh, you know make more sense in a uh, SMT game to have like you know like a real like your leader be like a real like Logan Paul bastard who ends up being like uh, you oh know, your God. primary <laughs> antagonist or something, but. Uh, yeah, totally. I do like that. <laughs> Me too, it. yeah. So, um, also, yeah, there's anything else I want to talk about? Um, just, yeah, let's see. 
can't really think of anything else right now. You know, it's we're still kind of in the uh, early part of the game. I guess the one thing I did like too is how like they kind of take the whole com- contemporary thing and and they kind of make it very social. I think as Megakin says, like you know, uh, uh, this fight is like become viral, which is really corny, but. It's true because, I mean, that's essentially what the game is when you have always the players that can assist you during battle and uh, you can praise them and get fame mm-hmm. points, stuff like that, you know. And I like, and you can talk to people when you get a demon. There's actually this really cool, like, uh, feature where it's, I forgot what it's called, like, recommendation, something like that. So you click on it and you can see what other players say about it. So in theory, it's supposed to be other players talking about how well the demon is balanced and the skill set. But then, of course, you know, in real life, you kind of get... I mean, it's funny, but you, you get people um, uh, more focusing on their appearance. <laughs> so it's actually really fun just to kind of scroll through those comments. So I have a blast with that. But yeah, I like that they actually did integrate the social aspect into this game. I thought it was actually really cool and it actually makes it meaningful that it's online and very very uh uh, modern you know yeah absolutely absolutely Uh, one of the things i really like yeah i i really like how they approach it and also um you know one of the things that i think is really great you can help other players out yeah and they can help you out in battle and like whenever i get a uh you know whenever i get a message saying like you know somebody needs help I'll like just pretty much tap on it and like give them like the resources or whatever skills that they need. And uh, yeah, it's kind, yeah, of, it is. kind of a cool dynamic. Yeah. I think we've touched on pretty much everything that comes to mind. And yeah, as we keep playing this, we might do another one of these as yeah. we progress in the game and whatnot. Cool. Well, should we wrap it up here? Is there anything uh, you want to plug uh, or call out to Lisa? Um, hmm. I don't think there's anything this time that I need to plug. Um, yeah, what about you? Nothing much at all. Just, you know, keep on, uh, yeah, keep on listening. And, uh, yeah, please, uh, like, rate and review us on iTunes. Super helpful. Yeah, we appreciate the people who kind of, like, came out of the woodwork when we posted a request on uh, social media and sent us some of their uh, reviews. And, uh, yeah. We don't expect all of our reviews to be super positive. Um, we'd rather they're not, they not be super negative, <laughs> but, you know, so that's up to you. But, yeah, uh, just, like, kind of just, like, getting more and more rate, ratings and reviews on iTunes helps us a lot as far as visibility. But it also, I believe, helps us, helps the podcast visibility in other services, um, because a lot of other services are pulling at least some data from the iTunes API, um, like most third-party podcasting apps, and uh, I think even some of uh, a lot of the uh, Android uh, podcasting apps too. You know that has a, definitely has a reach, like beyond iTunes, even if you don't yeah. usually use iTunes to access. So yeah, that's just my little you know. <laughs> seconds. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, of course, you can always uh, drop us a line at megatenmarathon.com. Uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook. 
this magazine marathon on both. Please give us whatever feedback you want. We're always open to talk. You know, I like talking about nerd stuff with people. So just be very open to doing that. It's cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Totally. We love having conversations with people. Uh, I think probably I'm more like I, I probably have more right. interactions with people on Facebook than on Twitter. But, uh, you know, we do definitely have some on Twitter and. I that's because I probably spend more time on Facebook than Twitter. But uh, whenever we get responses on Twitter, that's awesome too. I always I'm checking them out regularly, and yeah, we've got a couple of like uh, awesome super fans. If I had Twitter up in front of me, I would call their names out. Really appreciate you, guys. or uh, you know, whatever uh, your uh, genders happen to be. Yeah, thank you so much for listening. I think uh, this is probably time to sign off. What do you say? Yep, I think so, too. All right. Oh, yeah, and uh, I think I'm probably going to drop this in uh, before we get our final uh, episode on uh, Raidu versus the uh, Solus Army out, With, but that will be forthcoming mm -hmm. very soon, we promise. Take care. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.